Warning, the following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. What's up, everybody, and welcome into this episode number 40. That's a nice round number for uh, this DC primetime. I said issue. I said episode. It's issue. We know it's issue. issue. It is. It's all good. It's, it's all good. But yeah, issue 40 of DC primetime. Nice round number for the mid-season finales, too. Yeah, and we're creeping up, creeping up to a, our year marker for us, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, I think we were just talking 46 issues we've done so far, if you include our annuals. Um, I think 47, if you include the special announcement I made one week. Or was that included? That might even be included. Uh, that's actually included, I think. That that six-minute episode that had an obscene amount of hits that shouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was just people curious as to what we were going to say. For a week that we didn't have a show, but it was during an off season, so it's not like it was uh not like we missed talking about any of the shows or anything like that. So, uh, but from the Showcast Spotlight here on the Next Level Podcast Network, I am Ben Beck, and from the Caffeine Crewcast of Pods uh, podcast from the Next Level Network, I am Rob Martin. And I don't know about you, Rob, but I'm feeling much better from last week. Uh, I woke up like death yesterday, but I'm feeling actually surprisingly good this morning. Yeah. So. I think it's it's starting to clear up. My throat is not nearly as sore as it was last week, so that's uh, that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but this week uh, we say it every time. We say it every time. It never happens, but this week we're aiming for it. Uh, relatively shorter issue than usual. Only three shows to talk about, but all three so three three hour show. Yeah, so three so. hour show. Uh, no, three hour. Damn it, three shows to talk about this week, all mid-season finales, that being The Flash, Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, so let's jump into it. Let's get into the DC bullet points where we give each of the shows our one of three-point ratings, sidekick, hero, or legend. Starting off first with The Flash, season three, episode nine, mid-season finale. Well, uh, actually, I, here's a good question for you. Okay. Is your score going to be the same across all three? Um... Because mine's going to be. I can just tell you that right up front. So you're legend across the board. I'm legend across the board. I'm See, all right. I'm torn. I'm riding the line between high hero and legend for Legends of Tomorrow. Really? Um, I didn't hate the episode at all. I just, I didn't find it as strong as the other two. Maybe that's why I'm riding the line. It, it's possibly still a legend, but I didn't find it as strong as Flash and Arrow. See, actually, I Legends was one of my favorites this week. Uh, I mean, actually, Arrow was very, very much so the top. But uh, I got to say, uh, Legends for me was it was really very much on par. I think across the board. I may, maybe when we're talking about it, I'll, I'll end up leaning more towards Legends. So I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt, and I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say Legend across the board. Okay, so all three Legend, Flash, Arrow, Legends. Yes, so. strong, strong mid season finales made me 
Arrow in particular made me so anxious for January now. Yeah. Uh, to see these shows come back. Uh, but let's jump into the uh, Secret Origins and talk about the shows a little bit. Starting off first with The Flash. Season 3, Episode 9, mid-season finale titled The Present. Uh, Barry heads for Earth 3 to get advice from Jay Garrick on how to stop Savitar. Wells tells Barry he's training with HR. Old wounds are reopened as Cisco faces Christmas without Dante. I have to say, first off, I love these Christmas episodes. They always, t- I think they're always the mid-season finales too, aren't they? They seem like they're doing that. I mean, uh, I think Flash last year, we, I think we may have had one more episode between, but um, the one we had last year, that was uh, Trickster coming back as well. So I kind of think it's amusing that they're throwing Trickster in during the Christmas episode regardless. Yeah, so. and, and what an odd version of Trickster. Oh yeah, Earth 3, Earth 3 Trickster, very, very different. Yes, extremely different. He was almost Joker-ish. Mm-hmm. To to a degree, um, but it was great seeing Mark Hamill reprise the role yet again. And if if Hamill is all for like these one these quick cameos at least like once a season as different versions of the trickster, then I'm all for it too. I think it's great. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I think the episode already started off great when we see HR decorating uh, Star Labs, including Barry's costume. I know. It's like Christmas vomited all over Star Labs, and it looked great. I mean, that's always kind of the, what we say around here, like around my house, whenever we uh, decorate this for the for the season, because my house looks just as bad. So, <laughs> um, But, I mean, this episode for me had a lot of great things that made this uh, just a, a, a super um, – just warm and great episode, especially for a mid-season finale. I mean, we have Christmas, which I love the Christmas episodes of this show uh, from the past two seasons. This one didn't disappoint at all. Um, you know, there's a lot of great dynamics between the characters that we got to see as well. And we got the return of Jay Garrick, which, of course, warms my heart. Uh, even yeah, though, f- we get- Even though for a moment I was going to say uh, I-, I thought we were going to lose him for a second. Yeah, I was a little worried for a second or two that that was exactly what was going to happen. I'm like, please don't do this already. No. Um, but yeah, um, getting to see John Wesley ship back as Jay was awesome this week. Uh, I think it was the best performance we've seen out of that uh, version of Jay so far on the show. So we got a lot more of him. It was nice to see him actually in action. Um, but yeah, it was it was so much fun to watch the the two flashes together like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, especially, you know... We see the two of them team up. Well, not really team up. It's pretty much Barry comes in and saves the day, uh, you know, and saves well, Jay's life. Yeah, well, we do get a team up, though. Uh, you know, them kind of taking down Alchemy and attempting to distract Savitar, uh, which I do think they successfully do distract him, but uh, almost at the risk of uh, Jay losing his life, but still very damn cool to see. Yes. Yeah, and it was great seeing Jay return back to Earth Prime as well to... Uh, you know, for the team up. We got to see... I, I think this is the first time we've actually seen Earth 3, is it not? Um. Yeah. Well, no. I think that's where the diner sequence was. I think they did say the diner sequence was on Earth 3 earlier when we saw Jay. So. Okay. But we know it was a different point in time, though, when they went to the diner. So this is the first time we're seeing a modern-day Earth 3. Right. Okay. Um... Other than the family dynamic, which we'll get to in a second, we have, we have to talk about... Um, Wally or Wallace, as he's been known by HR. Uh, gotta say, too, right off the bat, before I get distracted from it, I love the run, Barry, run. Run, Wallace, run, not as strong. 
Yeah. <laughs> I understand why they did it. It was uh, fun. And I loved the, the you know the moment of training between the two of them, especially when they're dancing when he when Wally finds out he's beating Barry's progress. Uh it's great and HR is definitely starting to grow on me, but run Wallace run not as strong. Not as strong. Uh let's talk uh alchemy. Yeah, um because yeah, this I'm is not burying the lead on that one. I am so happy what they did this week. I am I really, was really, really happy. That brought that score back up from a couple of weeks ago. I think it, if it was knowing, hey, we were really kind of bummed out, gave the show a hero when we got the reveal that Julian was indeed alchemy. Um, them, you know, doing that, I think a lot of people were thinking that's where they were going to go. They were going to say, hey, he's probably not aware that that's what's going on. Uh, and the fact that they did run with that, it made it, works so much better not also. not only that I, I i do agree that um i'm glad they went this route because like you said you know this definitely improves the score i gave that episode a couple weeks ago when we find out that julian is alchemy i i do enjoy the fact that he um he was not aware that he was alchemy so i'm, I'm liking that part of the story but what i'm really enjoying more about this is the fact that i love that we're getting back the friendship between Barry and Julian that we wanted back when we got that moment of them going to have a drink together. And we're getting the wish that you wanted in that it looks like Julian, there's a strong potential. He may become part of the team. Yeah. And yeah, we see him show up at the West family Christmas at the end of the uh, episode, kind of partaking in the Christmas spirit, which, which made me so happy. Yeah. That he came. Uh, I think that really was – it worked very well. Um, obviously, you know, we have to kind of backtrack a little bit. Um, they did kind of bring up in this when – you know, very early in the episode, too, that Barry unmasked uh, Alchemy, and we do see Julian, so he and the rest of the team are very much aware. But it comes to light that Julian is basically blacking out and losing time every time that Savitar is taking over. It's uh, They're using him kind of as a median uh, to for Savitar to speak through. So I thought that was a really fun way. And actually, I think this episode gave some danger to Savitar as well. Not just the stuff that they did with Alchemy, but Savitar is starting to feel like a villain. And it was uh, the funny thing is it felt like he was more of a villain when he was working through somebody else than when we see the Transformers-esque Savitar. Yes. Um, But I like the fact that we're seeing the reasoning for this right now is... So far, I I think the best way to put it is the version that we've been seeing is kind of that corporeal version of uh, or incorporeal version of him is kind of like the spirit of Savitar. And I think when he gets a actual body, we're going to see him actually look more like the traditional. I think that's exactly how this is going to go. Um, and I'm good with that. I think as long as we can break away a little bit more from the CG version of this character... Um, which I think is definitely going to happen sometime in the second half of the season. So, Well, I think it would have to, not only just for the sake of the show, but I think for the sake of the budget of the show. Um, it, it would be way too expensive to keep a completely CG character like this uh, you know, persistent throughout the entire run of the rest of the season. So um, it looks like we've caught a glimpse of how the season is going to potentially end. Um, hopefully the outcome changes by the time we mm-hmm. get to that point. But um, yeah, I think the same thing. I think we're going to see a more solid version in human form because I think we almost got a glimpse of that too in the backstory of Savitar this episode 
is we see that Savitar at one point was a human. Um, so I, I'm hoping that's what we get back to when we actually do see a physical transformation of Savitar from that, you know, that corporeal state into a more human state as well. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly what we're going to see. But I, I, like I said, I feel like we got to jump all over the place here. Um, Our listeners kind of are used to it now at this point. Yeah, it's fine. And I think it, it makes the show work better anyway when we're just kind of like just riding the high of the shows. Um, but I love the fact that Julian, uh, Julian Albert, we finally got his full name, Julian Albert Desmond. And they finally threw that Albert Desmond in there, which is, you know, Alchemy's one of the one of the Alchemy's real names. So I love how they actually did that when they, we got to go back to uh, him actually hunting for the Philosopher's Stone originally, uh, seeing the newspaper clippings with his full name attached. And I love that they kind of made that work. Um, a nice little nod to the comic books. Um, another really great one, too, was uh, uh, the Infantino uh, Street when you're seeing the jump in the future, um, where which is Carmine Infantino, who is one of the people that's been around and is really responsible for some of the best things in Flash. Another little Easter egg they threw in there. During the sequence where we see Iris and Savitar um, at the very end uh, when Barry gets to jump into the future. Um, so, yeah, it, they did a lot of cool little nods this week. Um, so, yeah, that stuff made me geek out a lot more. Uh, like I said, the Conrad Veidt uh, version of Trickster that we saw, which goes back from the old 1920s film, The Man Who Laughs, which Hart, like Hamill did. So lots of little fun stuff all thrown in this week that kind of just helped round this episode out into something a ton of fun. But... Yeah, they definitely moved strong on the alchemy stuff, the Savitar stuff. Um, and now that's kind of what to expect for the second half of the season. We know, like, last week during Invasion, they said, hey, based off of the fall uh, finale, what everybody should be getting ready for is for us to put Flashpoint behind us because what we're going to deal with coming, for, like, coming soon is something much bigger than Flashpoint. And I got to say, this prophecy angle is a really, really awesome idea, and I really love this. Um, now, I forgot to take notes as far as what the full prophecy was. Do you remember offhand what all of them were? Uh, I, I think there were, there were four, right? I, I, yeah, I don't remember, because uh, I didn't take notes on them either, so I don't remember them off the top of my head. It's uh, like one, one person's going to betray you. Oh, yeah, one, one, per- one person will die, one person will betray you, one will suffer a fate worse than death. I remember those ones. Yeah, and I want to say there was one more in there that I just can't recall for the life of me. At the yeah, moment, I, I can't either. But it's it's an interesting tidbit, too, that, and it's something we haven't mentioned yet, that Savitar is apparently from the future. He he yeah. knows, I mean, he re, he knows these prophecies because he knows Barry's future. Um, but, you know, it's also one of those things that it's worth mentioning that I love because it's 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 something, again, referencing back to the future in, in that Jay Garrick tells Barry, you know, the future is not written yet. What you saw does not have to happen. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen. Right. And I love the fact that they always go back to those Doc Brown kind of lines almost to kind of go into, you know, how they're dealing with the changes of time travel constantly. But that's the very big truth of this. And I'm really wondering if Barry's we're going to see Barry constantly keep jumping forward into time uh, against everybody else's wishes for the second part of the season, trying to figure out if he can stop things from happening. Yeah. Without going back in time and ruining everything or yeah. either that or we're going to see him in that in the time vault um you know uh, reverse flashes time vault kind of taking a look at that paper and having him stare at that over and over to see if iris survives yeah so yeah i yeah. think that could be kind of it's it again it's funny to think about it it's the changing newspaper from back to the future too 
you know? Yes. Yeah. Doc Brown commended. Doc Brown committed. Committed. Right. Um, so I'm wondering if we're going to see that kind of play out more and more. But so right now, as far as the prophecies, who do you think is assigned to each? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, as far as the prophecies go, if they were to come to light, because, again, things may change and they may not happen. Uh, but if I had to guess, um, I think the person to die, I think obviously we've already gotten a glimpse that that's going to be Iris. Uh, the person to suffer the fate worse than death, I'm, I'm going to say Cisco. I think it's going to be Joe. Oh, I didn't even think about Joe. Uh, because it's maybe the idea that he could either lose Iris or Wally, and it's that fate worse than death is losing a child kind of thing. So, um, so if that does play out, maybe that's what they're gonna where they're thinking for that. But and then it's I have a feeling it's Cisco is gonna be betray, be the one to betray the team. See, not I, I'm thinking not Caitlin. I'm thinking HR because I still think there's something more to him that we have not seen yet. You know, I really kind of hope they don't go that way, though, because I, I like seeing an HR that's not evil. <laughs> True, and I, I agree um, or with that. Or a Wells that. that's not evil. Yeah, so. I agree with that, but I don't know. I still think there's something. It might not necessarily be evil, but I still think there's something more to him that we have not seen yet. Yeah. So, so but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think one I think something, though, that we I got to go back to that we haven't mentioned. You know, you saw you mentioned all the tidbits to. Uh, you know, the, to the comic books and everything like that. There's a big tidbit to Tom Felton's past projects in that the name of Alchemy Stone is called the Philosopher's Stone. Right. Which I love that idea that they did that, which is Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, which is what Sorcerer's Stone is always called over in the UK. Well, that's the what the actual title for the, the original book. title yeah. of the book was, the, the, was yeah. the Philosopher's Stone. So right. I think it's really cool that they're kind of tying the two together. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, it was it was a really cute nod on how they did that. It worked out very very well to have him in there. But I, again, I really geeked out though when you know Barry took the mask off in front of him. And again, just going back to that little moment with uh, uh, the very end of the episode and having you know Julian come to to Christmas. I love that that all tied together. We also saw not only just that, but we saw Wally get his suit. Oh, that was so great! From everybody, which was this, such a great touching moment. It was so um, great. But yeah, everything that they did in this finale, it, it's making me really excited for what's to come for the second part of the season. So I think they they really deserve that legend. And it was a nice, like, I love the fact that at the end of the episode, too, they did focus on Christmas a little bit. Like, we got, like, maybe four or five minutes where everything was really positive, and they ended that way. Because it feels like this show has deserved a good, relaxed ending, because they haven't had a moment that was calm and everybody being together in quite a while. So... It was nice that that's how they closed it out. We got our big moments like maybe 10 minutes before the episode was over, and then it was just a nice and calm and relaxed vibe, and I think they really needed it. Yeah, exactly. No cliffhanger going into the rest of the season. We already got the taste of what's to come uh, before that. So it was nice that the the episode ended the way it did. And I will say, too, uh, one of the things I enjoyed the most about the ending, uh, you know, the final moments with Barry and Iris in their new apartment, uh, his Christmas gift to to Iris, which I love the line when Iris looks at him and says, I got you a wallet. Yeah, he's uh, like, I'm sure I'm going to love it. <laughs> I'm sure I'm going to love it. But it made it. It's a true nod to the fact that Barry himself is growing up. 
He is starting to not carry the weight of the world as, you know, Felicity has said many times that Oliver does. And, you know, Caitlin has even said about Barry before, too. He has seen the future. He knows or at least he believes what's going to happen to Iris. He's distraught. Jay tells him, look, the future is not written yet. You can't believe what you see. You got to live your life. So even knowing what is happening with Iris or what he believes may potentially happen to Iris, he's still living his life with her. Yeah. You know, he's moving on. He's moving forward with her as if it's not going to happen. That's a huge growth moment for Barry. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's going to still obsess about it. I mean, because it's Barry, you know, he's going to obsess about it sometime soon. But the fact that he kind of in that moment, you believed that he was like, well, look, shit's just constantly happening to me. It, it's not always positive stuff, but hey, you know, I'm just going to enjoy my time as much as possible, even if it's limited. And the fact that we, I really felt that from him, I think is what made the episode really great too. Yeah, so. exactly. So that I think that was a great way to end the episode. Like you said, no big sad moments. Everybody together, even Caitlin taking off the dampeners just to make it snow, was awesome. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's hard not to say that that was kind of awesome because as soon as she saw it taken, it was like, oh, they're gonna have a white Christmas. Exactly. Like, That's kind of cute. That's really really cute. So exactly. Yeah. So I thought that was really, really cool. So that was a great way to end the episode. And I think that's a great way to end talking about the flash. I do too. Uh, so let's move forward then to the next mid season finale of the week. Arrow season five, episode nine titled what we leave behind after the attack on Curtis. Oliver realizes Prometheus is planning to make a deadly move on all of team arrow Felicity and Malone find a clue that ties Prometheus to arrows past. Uh, obviously a huge reveal at the end of the episode, but let's save, let's, I, we're going to jump around, I'm sure, but let's save that for last. Uh, cause there might be some theories behind this that we have. So, um, but all in all, I have to say about this episode, this is probably other than invasion and the hundredth last week. These are two incredibly strong back to back episodes. Well, this definitely kind of felt like a continuation of the celebration of the 100th, because especially the flashbacks this week. The flashbacks were the best they have ever been. That was awesome to see them play this out. It was so cool to go back to season one of Arrow, like kind of like that missing story of season one, and seeing like the weird, over-the-top, quirky Felicity behind the desk of Queen Consolidated as a secretary. Um to see Diggs still not even in the field yet, but still coming off of that whole bodyguard stuff with Oliver, Oliver being the very, very much still being the hood. Um, all this stuff was fantastic. And I love how they kept cutting back. And I got to say right off the bat, um, holy crap. I don't care who Prometheus is. <laughs> even if it's, it's the son of a throwaway villain in season one, doesn't matter. The way that they're doing this is, is, is so fantastic. Dude, it is brilliant. It is absolutely it. brilliant from the posing of the bodies from, you know, you know, everything to even and obviously this is something that has to come up, too. But even the staging of Detective Malone, which is a huge moment in this episode, um, I again, like you said, I don't care who Prometheus is. Prometheus is a brilliant villain. Yeah, I'm actually going to say from what they've done with him so far, I think if we've got to cut all this time together in the entire season, he's had, what, maybe 
35 minutes of screen time, maybe, maybe 40 maybe. total. If already that. my favorite already my favorite villain the show has ever done. Even and bigger than Deathstroke? Even bigger than Deathstroke, I think. It on honestly already at this point I really love what they're doing. I I'm and I love the fact that they said this is a new character. I mean, there's other characters in the DC universe named Prometheus, but they did say this is not a nod to any of the other ones. This is something new that they're doing. They're kind of taking this character in a new direction, a new light. It's something fresh that they're building up. You know what? Don't care. Just keep doing it. I don't need any massive big reveal on who he is. Keep giving me this. Somebody that's there mentally dismantling Oliver. And if they keep doing this whole staging people based off of the ways that Oliver has killed in the past, dude, it's so effective to watch. Absolutely. I mean, I'm looking at the IMDb rating of this episode, and this is the highest I've ever seen an Arrow episode being ranked. Out of 10, it is at a 9.6. So, I mean, we're definitely not in the minority here in people who loved this episode. This is probably just everything, the way everything played out from the flashbacks being the way they were. And I'm going to say as far as the flashbacks are concerned, I know this is the final season of flashbacks because at this point in the five-year journey of Arrow being on the island, this is where it wraps up and this is where he gets rescued. And I know we're done with flashbacks after this. However... If in season six and seven and however other many seasons there are, if occasionally we get more flashbacks, if they're like this and they're flashing back to other things that we've already seen and just we're seeing them from different angles now, I am 150% okay with it. Because, yeah, absolutely. Because the way they were formatted in this episode, I've never had an issue with the flashbacks at all in this episode. Yeah. Um, there's a lot going on in this episode, too. This is going to be interesting to attempt to break down because, uh, man, it, I mean, Prometheus, right off the bat, as we said, is turning out to be a phenomenal villain. Um, but we really saw him starting to tear apart the team from within, and they did it in a very impressive way, like very impressive. Um, obviously, the big target we saw gunned after here was Curtis um, and you know Prometheus attacking him out front of the Christmas party. Um, in front of his uh, husband, and which leads to the relationship absolutely falling apart. Well, I think, um, and I think honestly, I think that was the point of the target. Yeah, because he could have exactly very easily was. killed Curtis. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but like it's like you said, Prometheus is driving the team apart. Uh, he he, and in, in essence, if you think about it too, Curtis has not has not been the first target. The first target was Evelyn. Uh, he pulled her away from the team. He turned her against them. Target right, number, it, first member of the was, team, already done. Right. Um, you know, Curtis was intentionally wounded but not killed in front of his husband so that his husband turns against him. You know, so um, there are still other people, still Wild Dog and Ragman are still to be targeted. But, I th- man... You're right. This is rough to break down. It's not rough yeah, to break well, down. You but... think about it. Let's look at the three characters that were the most impacted outside of Oliver this week. We have what goes down with Curtis. So Curtis, by the end of the episode, his relationship is done and over with, um, Like, which was a very soul-crushing thing to watch uh, because Echo Colm does such a great job with this character. Yes. Um, and it was that horrible moment when you see when he comes back home and everything happens, when they find out what happened to Billy – 
uh, which we'll get to in a second, of him looking at his husband who's like, I'm sorry I'm late. This really was the worst day. And then he looks down and sees and his suitcase. Not it's like, and, it's, and it's not going to get any better. Yeah. Um, so we see that moment. We see Felicity's new boyfriend, uh, Billy Malone, uh, one of the detectives of the SCPD, uh, killed uh, in a very uh, vicious way as a setup from Prometheus. We've seen this kind of, it's a trope, but I think it's a trope that still works to this day, which is uh, disguising somebody as a bad guy and staging them to take the fall. Um and that, unfortunately, that fall revolves with Oliver sh- like sticking three arrows through Detective Malone's chest uh, as he is dressed as uh, Prometheus. And he, you know, the beautifully done, too, where dropped into the costume, uh, you know, sword duct tape into the hand, mouth sh- like, you know, mouth tape shut. Yeah. So Speak- but it was, speaker on his chest so that the voice uh-huh. is still coming from him. But brilliantly done, uh, but soul-crushing moment for Oliver and Felicity. And last but not least, Dig getting a stage call not from actually Lila, but uh, telling him to come back to their apartment. And who is waiting for them but an entire SWAT team to arrest and take him down. So, yeah, all the bad crap in one quick shot. Yeah, and I will say I was very surprised um, in – this is going into the Detective Malone, Felicity, Oliver – tragedy that does happen and i i'm very surprised and i i don't want to say in a pleasant way because it's it sounds wrong if i say that but i know I, exactly where you're going and that's the best way i would have put it too but i was almost expecting oliver to lie and cover it up and say when i got there he was dead but it, it was a huge moment for me in, in the best way that he owned up to it and Again, we're talking character growth. We talked about Barry's character growth in the last episode, and this is character growth from Oliver in this episode, which we've been told that after Invasion, his character was going to change. And I think this is a huge first step in seeing that, in that he is owning up to his mistake. And not only owning up to his mistake, but he's owning up to it to Felicity, who he knows it's going to hurt the most. Um, but But at the same time, I I I I like the fact that Felicity knows this is not Oliver's fault. You know, she turns around and says almost immediately, "This is all Prometheus." Yeah, I mean, I love the fact that the team didn't turn against him. Nothing in this. We got a very straightforward Oliver. It said, "This is exactly what went down." You could see it on his face that he was just distraught about the situation. Oh, he was destroyed by it. Yeah, and I love the fact that. They even tied back to the flashbacks. He's like, I caused this. This is something I created. It's like, John, you told me if I kept doing what I did back then, there was going to be ramifications in the future. He's like, you were right. Prometheus is my cause. This is my doing. And then as that moment happens, things just get worse and worse and worse. And you know what? As much as I was worried about, I'm like, man, they are going to go constantly go dark in this show. You know what? It was the dark level that happened in season one, season two that worked very, very well. And you're worried it's going to cause unnecessary drama, and it didn't. It actually didn't. It was something that they have to nail, build up, and fight against, and I'm excited to see that. Well, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it, it was a dark moment, obviously, you know, reflective of season one and two, like you said, and we're seeing, you know, basically Oliver murder Detective Malone unintentionally. 
But and and that of course is a moment of darkness, especially seeing the distraught on his face and seeing what it's doing to him inside and the pain that Felicity is suffering. But I love the fact that it was followed up by a moment of light when, you know, Oliver says, I, you know, you should distance yourself from me. Everybody needs to get away from me. And, you know, Dig just putting his hand on his back and saying, we're not going anywhere. You know, like this is the most cohesive I think we have ever seen this team now. And it comes out of a moment of distraught. So it's almost like this moment, as bad as it is and as dark as it is, it's bringing this team together, and it's what it needed. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really curious to see how this is going to play out. One of the other things we see is after everything goes down, we see him visit Susan, the the reporter. Um, and we get a nice little nod to something right off the bat. They linger on a shot for just a half a second too long, so you know she is tied to Prometheus some way, shape, or form. Um, as she goes to pour him a drink, they show the bottle of vodka that he commonly has with Anatoly. Uh, and they linger on that label for a half a second. Like, she knows his specific drink. Like, the whole nine. Like, she has done her homework on this guy. So we can, I would definitely assume, very quickly into the next part of the season, we'll get the reveal that, you know, Susan is somewhere tied to Prometheus or something going on with that. Because we get did get nods that Prometheus has got ties to uh, somebody that trained him, uh, Oliver, in Russia. Yes, so because he, he recognized that, that move. Right. So I'm really curious to see how that's going to play out because we know that she's actually already looked into um, some of the stuff Oliver's done when it, he spent time in Russia. So I'm very curious to see how this is this is going to play. But I love the fact that they got to that point. Like you could make your own, you know, guess off of that. But I think I don't know if you're on the same page as I am, but. She there's something very dirty about her, and I'm oh, just waiting for it to play. Absolutely. I absolutely think there's something going on with her. There's something more with her. I don't necessarily know yet if I believe it has anything to do with Prometheus, but there's definitely more to her. There's She's involved with Oliver for other reasons. Uh, I don't know what they are yet. Uh, they could be just having to do with the Bratva and Oliver's past. Or, or it could be something more recent, and it could have something to do with Prometheus. I don't think she is Prometheus. No. Um, but on that note, any do you think we have seen who Prometheus is at this point? I'm starting to think more and more we have not. I think this is going to be something unexpected and something new. Um and I think that's the better call. I, I rather would see them pull that. I don't want to see this be a pre-existing character that gets thru- uh, thrust into this role. Um, I think this is going to be something brand new. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that's something I would like to see as well. Um, just because it's different. You know, it's not the whole big reveal of who, you know, this person is. So, uh, I mean, this could be one of those situations where, in all honesty, we could never see Prometheus's face. And that could lead to Prometheus returning at some point, just somebody else taking up the mantle. So, I mean, it, with as brilliantly as they've been doing this, this, this character, I wouldn't put anything past them. Right. Yeah, I'm very curious to see how this is going to play out. I mean, we have so much to still see play this season. I mean, we've got to still meet Talia. I mean, we know that's coming sometime down the road, um, you know, Oliver still doesn't even know who Vigilante is yet, which we all know already is Adrian Chase. 
Um, and we've got a big question to answer that we got hit at the end of the episode here. Well, let's talk about that. Because yeah. I, think, I think we've covered the basics pretty much of, of the rest of the episode. Um, I will say that this unfortunately, and it has nothing to do with any of our listeners and any of the people that post on our Facebook page. They're all great about spoilers. Uh, there's another podcast that I follow that literally five minutes after the episode ended posted what the big reveal is at the end. And I was like, well, thanks, you jackass. I haven't watched it yet. Um our listeners are great with spoilers. Nobody posts spoilers until we at least post the episode. So it's um, it's good because our listeners know we don't always get to watch them live. But this podcast, uh, you know, posted immediately right after the episode ended. Hey, Laurel Lance is back. Thanks, asshole. Well, I mean, I, you know, I as much as it's easy to say that, you know, a couple weeks ago, we also spent about 10 minutes at the end of an episode talking about it because um, we knew it was coming. Um, this is something that's been out there for quite some time since the summertime that we knew she was returning, but we didn't know how. Um, but I mean, I'm not surprised. And I had a feeling it was going to happen. We were going to get a little kick right at the end of this episode with that playing out in, um, you know, episode 10 when the show comes back. I mean, and even IMDB had something several weeks ago on their page. Um, that was episode 10. The team tries to figure out and deal with the return of Laurel. And you're like, okay. I'm like, thanks for, putting that up like two weeks before invasion but you know the people that check your site are not gonna be the happiest in the world so this was not the close most closely guarded secret in the world out there it's very true um you know so but you know it was one of those things that i would have liked to have just seen it myself yeah um you know rather than have it spoiled for me five minutes after the episode ended because it wasn't exactly the fact that it was like hey laurel's back it was just like it was hey laurel's back in a big reveal in the last 30 seconds of the episode it's like thanks i i would have liked to have been surprised even though i knew it was coming it still would have been a little bit of a surprise not knowing exactly how it happened but i digress um let's talk a little bit about this because i'm curious what your thoughts are is this Laura Lance, is this a figment of Oliver's imagination, or is this an alternate Earth, Laurel? Uh, I'm going to say right off the bat, this is not going to be a figment of his imagination. We saw a promo already for episode 10 of her interacting with the rest of the team, Um, and I think they would get so much shit if they did that. I think the producers and the writers of the show know they pissed a lot of people off last season when they did kill her character. Um this is, I think, a lot of them writing that wrong. So I think right off the bat, we're going to see a, a Laurel. I don't know if it's going to be Earth One Laurel, whatever. Um, but I don't, I, I don't think this is going to be some BS figment because I know right off the bat, I know personally as somebody that likes this show, be really, really pissed if they did that because we already saw that sort of happen in one other show this week. And I'm yes. actually not. Cons- I, I also don't think that's quite a figment either. Um, so. I'm really curious to see how this is going to play out. This could be Black Siren. This could be involved because of the legends and what they're doing. And, you know, Damian Dark not now changing his future. But then that leads to these questions as why does everybody think she's dead? Um, Everybody's memory should be rewritten. Well, exactly. There's a lot to happen. Considering the fact that one of the pictures and images that we have seen is her standing in front of her own statue. Right. So the death of Black Canary obviously has happened, uh, even though she is back. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very curious to see 
what degree is this? I'm leaning more towards this is an alternate Earth. Uh, I, I I think my brain's saying because we know Talia is coming into the picture, not all the Lazarus pits were destroyed. Oh, um, I didn't even think about that. Because with Talia Al Ghul out there, we know this could be her doing something like maybe you know Talia and Nissa maybe doing something behind the scenes because they are still very much around. Um, or this could be Talia using this as a revenge plot against Oliver for killing Raish. Or Roz, however you want to call him. But <laughs> I still like to go with Ray Um But this could very much play into this as well. So who knows yet? I'm very curious to see how this will play out. Yeah, I am too. I am for sure. Um, I, and I've been curious about it for a while. I mean, ever since I heard that she was coming back, it, you know, we've been theorizing and thinking about in, to what degree it was going to happen. So yeah, I'm I'm very curious how everything is going to how all these cards are going to fall now. and and But with the way everything has been going with this show lately, I'm confident it's going to make sense. I think this show started great this season, started strong this season, and I think it has gone so far forward and so far up uh, to this point. I, this week's episode, like I said, with the exception of Invasion, which Invasion I kind of exclude because... Invasion is a three-part story, so I kind of take all three of those parts and combine them together, and I, I keep them off on their own. So as far as like episodes and picking a favorite of this season, I kind of exclude Invasion, even though it was still the 100th episode. But with that being said and that being excluded, this week, not only my favorite episode of the season, probably one of my favorite of the series. Yeah, I agree. Um and I think if you did look at Invasion on its own and you just took the Arrow segments, I mean, that was, I think, one of the best things they've ever done on Arrow. This was an amazing follow-up that deserved just as much, if not more, credit for. Um, you successfully created a, a wonderful bad guy. You had Oliver really grow as a character, the team standing behind him. Like, we saw all this great forward momentum for the show off the bat. I mean, that's something we've been constantly saying this season, and I didn't think I'd be continuing to say it. Um, but it's proving to be actually as on par with all the other shows for me. Um, and if not, maybe elevated a little bit more above them. I, I think it's great to see a show that was responsible for starting all of this get back on track in such a great way, where you're now looking at this character and saying, Man, Oliver was somebody that was just kind of broody and annoying to deal with at times because he was just not learning from anything. And then you're kind of like, all right, you know, they have to do something. And the show just kind of fell apart for a while. And they took so much to heart, I think, over the season four break into season five and said, how do we fix and address this to make sure this show continues for several more years? And this has all proved to be the answer. Uh, it's you do everything. You throw everything out there, but you make sure it, it's all going to stick, not just some of it's going to stick. And all of it has been sticking. Yeah. So, And I think – and I'll wrap it up with this, at least on my end. I think one of the other things that I'm really loving about the show this season is that over the course of the past four seasons, I, I one of my biggest complaints about the show, even during the good – you know, even during seasons one and two when the show was really strong, is that we, seal, we saw – uh, most of the emotion that came from the show came from the same characters. They came from Oliver. They came from Paul Blackthorne. They came from, you know, Laurel Lance or whoever, um, you know, Katie Cassidy or whoever. This season, 
we're seeing more emotional moments and they're coming from other characters. We're seeing emotion coming out of Curtis. We're seeing emotion coming out of Felicity. We're seeing emotion emotion coming out of um uh coming out of Renee Thea. and and Thea and we're seeing more emotion come out of more characters. So we're getting a broader range of emotion and we're getting to see the acting chops of these actors. And I think that alone it's in itself is making the show and this season so much stronger than it has ever been. Yeah. And I got, I got to say, I'm out of all these shows. I'm so excited for the return of the show. I think, and it's like what the end of January, I think it's like January 24th is the return of flash. So I think the 25th is arrow. It so. is. I will tell you in a second, uh, season five, episode 10 is February 1st of oh, February. Oh, wow. Yeah. We got some time, man. Yeah, we do. So, but yeah, um, like I said, easily probably one of my favorite episodes of this entire season, of this entire series, was this yeah. was this week. This was a very, 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 very strong mid-season finale, and I am absolutely looking forward to the show coming back. Yeah, big props on, on Arrow this week. Um, I don't think we have anything we can give higher than a legend, but I wish we could for this week. Yeah. I think it deserved it. Yeah, so. me too. Uh, but let's go into the final show of the week, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, Season 2, Episode 8, titled The Chicago Way. The legends track a time apparition to 1927 Chicago and realize they've been set up by Eobard Thawne, Damian Dark, and the newest member of the Legion of Dune, Malcolm Merlin. Um, so obviously I was on the fence, like I said, between a high hero and a legend. And I only, th- again, I think the only reason I was on the fence was because of how strong arrow and flash were this week it's no detriment to how strong this episode was it was a great episode i absolutely loved it i just didn't think it was on the same level with the other two shows and i so it was very rough for me to kind of put it there just because of the level that the other two set but thinking about it more and more i think it definitely is still a legend because there were so many great things that happened in this episode from the nate and um this Nate and Ray. <laughs> Ray, yeah. I couldn't think of it. For some reason, my mind like The Nate and Ray dynamic that was working together and Sarah as like the mother figure between the two of them I thought was great. Um, more, some great moments between Sarah and uh, Victor Garber, um, Martin Stein, Dr. you know, yeah. as far as in regards to his daughter. And of course, just seeing the Legion of Doom coming together. All four members... All four members not together, three out of the four together, the fourth in some way we don't know exactly yet. My guess is still not, uh, you know, we're, we're seeing Captain Cold kind of appearing to Mick, and I don't think it's a hallucination. I think something else is going on entirely. So Now, I did have an interesting theory about this. And I'll jump right into it just because, okay, it you know, we're, we're talking about – obviously, we're talking about Snart, who has returned um, in what we can only assume at this point right now is some kind of manifestation, whether it's physical or if it's in his head, he, he does appear. This is my thought process on this, and it was, it was a weird theory, but I'll see what your thoughts on it are. We know – Already that the, the Legion of Doom are these are Malcolm Merlin, Damian Dark, Eobard Thawne, and we know to some degree Leonard Snart is supposed to be a member of this. What if Leonard Snart is in fact in his head 
But it is it but due to this, it causes Mick to become the fourth member of the Legion of Doom. I think it's a possibility. I'm really hoping that's not going to be the case. I, I'm hoping that's not the case, too, because I'm loving the whole hero-anti-hero dynamic with him as part of the team. Yeah, it, and uh, especially now, too, like, we saw a lot of, you know, a lot of him and Amaya this week, and they're proving to be a lot of fun together. Yes. And I think they're going to keep on that track record. Speaking of Amaya, too, and this is, it's it, it's still technically on the topic, but we know that Amaya is the granddaughter of, or the grandmother of the vixen that we know from Arrow. Right. What if one of the legends is actually the grandfather? That could be very interesting. Um, I didn't actually think about that, where the vixen that we've seen, the Megalonike version of Mix, uh, vixen that was in last season of Arrow, um, if her father is McRory, that could be very amazing. Is, it could be McRory. It could be Ray Palmer. It could be any of – it could be one of the – most likely one of the two of them if that is the case. But it had me thinking, what if one of the legends is in fact the grandfather of Vixen? Yeah, it, it would be a cool twist. Um, but yeah, I mean right now I think – I, I'm kind of – I was a little bummed what they did with Captain Cold uh, here. Uh, they kind of shunted him in kind of in that weird role like when we saw uh, Mirror Master. Uh, we're like, oh, you know, Wentworth Miller is going to be back. And I'm like, oh, it's a flashback sequence. Um, it feels like they did that to us again. <laughs> and it kind of bummed me out a little bit. But I have a feeling there's something a lot more to it. It doesn't – something about it didn't feel cut and dry. It really didn't. And it felt weird and awkward in a way that – felt like they were building to something and i really have a feeling that's the case so okay yeah i mean and, and i do i agree with you I, I agree that they're building to something i just don't know to what yet i i hope that it's not snart in mick's head um or at least not forever if that's the case yeah uh, that he is yeah. in, in if he is in fact in mick's head now uh, i hope that that's not the case forever i, re- I really I want to see some physical form of Snart return, um, even if it's as a villain. Like I, I don't care about that. I just love that character so much. Um, but again, I like seeing. It's an interesting theory that it could be the manifestation in Mick's head that causes him to become the fourth member of the Legion of Doom. But as I mentioned too, I, I love the hero anti hero um, fit that he has with the team right now. Like it's almost like he likes these people. And he enjoys their company and he enjoys being around them. But he still likes being himself. And yeah. we and we got a strong feel on that in this episode too when it came to, you know, being a mobster. And, you know, this was his true way. You know, you could tell he loved that moment where he was like, you know what? If we're going to do this, we're going to do this my way. And out come Bonnie and Clyde, which I thought was great. So um, I, I think right now where my brain is leaning is the snort that we did see. I have a feeling that maybe he's popping in and out of time. Um, maybe because of the reverse flash, because the version that we're seeing is somebody that's kind of like, yep. He's like, you know, uh, it's not all that cra- cra- that it's cracked up to be to, you know, sacrifice yourself for everybody. This feels like a Leonard snort that actually never did sacrifice himself and maybe more of one that was plucked out of time with Eobard maybe saying, this is what happens to you in the future. And if you want to do something about this, it's your job. Maybe if there's somebody on the inside that you want to save and keep from that fate, you know, happening to them in the future, 
I'll give you that opportunity until you're ready to make yourself known. So, well, I mean, maybe I, that's where they're going. And I think that's an interesting theory too, like the plucked out of time. But I mean, thinking about that as well, it it couldn't. It it doesn't necessarily mean that it's Eobard popped him out of time, you know, to show him what the future is like and everything. I think it could also be the fact of what happened to him and where he died yeah, was technically it, it, not in time. Yeah, kind of being blown up in the vanishing point, and maybe it's, you know, hit part of him or is now scattered throughout time. Yeah, so I mean, and that's an, another interesting way to, to bring him back as well, if that's mm. the case. Uh, but I mean, other than Snart, what are some of our some of your other favorite moments? Because there's, see, I loved the whole Untouchables feel of oh, this. Oh God, that that was the best. And honestly, I just Nate and Ray constantly going back to Untouchable moments, and I'm like, this is so good. <laughs> and there was a moment or two where I really thought because we see where they kind of cut away from really quickly, but it was uh, I thought they were going to play up Stein thinking of uh, Lily as a as when she was a baby, and. You know, they see the little carriage push past them. I'm like, are we going to go inside the train station and reenact the <laughs> sequence great. of Untouchables? And it was Stein because he's so, like, obsessed with his daughter. Is seeing his daughter as this kid going down the steps in the slow-mo sequence with superheroes, like, you know, firing shots in slow-mo, doing the infamous Untouchables scene, I think could have been awesome. Oh, my God, that would have been kind of sad that they didn't do that, but uh, that's exactly where I thought they were going to go. Um but I will say this though, the the like big brother little brother thing that's happening with Nate and Ray is so much fun. I love watching these characters because like you're looking at it and you're like oh my god, there's two of them, and I love this. <laughs> Let this keep happening. Um, but they they play off each other so well, and it's nice to see them be able to do this. And it's been enjoyable because watching them geek out about the same stuff together, and try to escalate the situations over top and try to prove who's better. But it never comes off as vindictive. It just comes off as fun. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. You know, it was just that that great moment of like, you know, when everything goes, you know, tits up when Ray's is kind of like, oh, no, well, you know, Ness went off with those two cops. And it's just Nate looking. He was like, what are you talking about? Those weren't cops. Or if they were, they're under Capone's law. He's like, you said you've seen the Untouchables. It's the most corrupt police force that's ever existed, <laughs> ever. You let this happen, and it's just, I love when they're kind of like, he's like, well, what you tried to do didn't work, so let's go with what I'm going to do. And he's just like, do you have a plan? He's like, no, but I'm sure it's going to be better than what yours was, you know? (laughs) That's Um, all right. I forgot about that line, too. There were so many candidates for great lines out of this this week just from this episode alone. Well, I think the Legion of Doom, the Legion of Doom stuff was so good. Yeah, yeah. Just them working together was so much fun because... They built up these characters and have them play off each other so well that there's moments where, like, these are characters to be feared. And then there's other moments where you're looking at them like, it's watching the Three Stooges on Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> it so works. I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you mentioned the lot, so many great lines that came out of this episode. I know we'll get to it at the end, but both of our lines of the week came from Legends this week. Um, but, yeah, I mean, ta- talking a little bit more about the Legion of Doom – I like the fact that we finally got to see Malcolm. I, I know I said last week that, um, you know, Barrowman said during his panel we wouldn't see him until next year, and that turned out to not be the case, and he came back this episode. He's certainly coming across, at least for the moment, as the weaker of the three. Uh, he was very easily overpowered by Sarah in what was an awesome fight, uh, you know, on the on the flight deck of the Wave Rider. Um, 
very obviously not Barrowman doing the fighting, but I was okay with that because it was still a fun fight scene. Um, yeah. But, and, and, you know, it's even mentioned at a certain point in time that, you know, and I think it's Sarah that is the one that mentions it to Malcolm in that Damien and Eobard just think of him as a henchman. Right. So right. he he's definitely the weaker of the three. But I think that's all that's really going to do is that's going to provide a dynamic in the future and that Malcolm is going to he's going to step up and he's going to prove himself to these other two. And it's going to make, you know, for the same dynamic that we're getting out of Ray and Nate, we're going to get that great dynamic out of these out of this Legion, I think, eventually, too. Um, oh, yeah, and, and like I so said, we get our reveal of what they're gunning after, which is the Spirit Destiny, which I think is actually kind of a cool little fun MacGuffin to throw in there. Uh, we'll give them mastery over time, so I'm really curious to see how this is going to play off. But one thing I'm really pumped that they did was when we see uh, both Sarah and, you know, Martin kind of, you know, being held captive by the Legion, they are like, well, we're going to torture Martin, uh, Martin, but they have Eobard, you know, kind of like, you know, this normally kills somebody, and I didn't think about it, but the moment that we saw him step back on the Wave Rider, I'm like, oh, that's awesome. He stole his face. That is so fucking cool. And, like, Kat was like, huh? You know, my wife's staring at me. I was like, what do you mean? I'm like, that cube thing is what he did to Wells in Season 1 of Flash. Uh-huh. And, like, and when that happened and I saw it play off, I'm like, that's so damn cool that they went into that. They did that idea. Um, and I'm. it's exciting to see Reverse Flash on the Wave Rider just picking everybody apart. There's something that's just, I think, it's going to be so much fun watching these villains together. And I'm so pumped to continue to see it. Well, not only that, but I think one of the other things that I loved about this episode, and I think really holds a lot of great potential for the future, is for the future of the show, is it's really cool seeing not only these characters, the dynamics of working together and the things that they're doing together, But it's really cool and it holds a lot of potential to see them not only working together, but working with other notable historical villains throughout time. We saw them work with, um, you know, we we saw them work working with Al Capone this episode. I've seen images of uh, future episodes where they're all looking to be almost like Robin Hood-ish kind of outfits. So... It would be awesome to you know to see the the Legion of Doom working with the Sheriff of Nottingham later on down the road, or um, you know, or Morgana back in medieval times, or however, the potential of them working, get you know, Genghis Khan, the potential of them working with all these different historical villains, and just making them temporarily temporary members of the Legion of Doom, I think is fucking awesome. Oh yeah, I mean, I it's it's such a cool twist, but I think one of the best moments too for. You know, the Legion of Doom in this episode was the very beginning when you see them confront Capone and it's just dark and Eobard look at each other. It's like, so who wants to do this one? <laughs> yeah. And it's just kind of like, it, it, but they're so jovial about it. Like, I love that they have a rapport together already. I mean, we, we saw this with Malcolm and Dark in Arrow. I mean, we haven't seen that play out with these versions of the characters because this is a Dark that hasn't been to that time yet. But the fact that they already have this great way of playing off of each other and they have this like slimy charm that just works so great on this show um makes this so exciting to watch because i think it's like we love the interaction that we have with the heroes but knowing we're gonna have the same kind of interaction with the villains makes it even better yes exactly and i will say to 
I, I, I'm, I'm a huge reverse. It's weird because out of all the speedsters that are out there, Barry's like my third favorite. I, I don't know if that's wrong. Uh, but, you know, Jay Garrick, obviously my favorite reverse flash, my, probably my second favorite. I'm more partial to the Harrison Wells version than the Eobard Thawne version, but still, I like the Eobard Thawne version. I love the costume. I, I just love that yellow costume for some reason. And I want to see more of it. Enough with this black leather bullshit. Uh, you know what? Like I said, I mean, I, it I works. But... It works. I, I mean, I still love that there was a moment where he was choking out um, uh, Victor Garber on screen. And like when he was holding him by his throat and you're seeing Martin Stein up against and you could see the flash, the reverse flash ring on his hand. Like all those little touches, like the fact that that's still there. They didn't forget that in that shot. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm still excited. I don't care if he's in the suit or not. Um, oh, it's still cool seeing yeah, him. Lesnar's doing such a great job. Like, it's a big shoes to fill from what Kavanaugh did with the character. And he's showing that he can do it. Yeah. Like, oh, he absolutely. is absolutely showing he can do it. And so. and I will say, whether it be 2017 or 2018, I will cosplay as the Reverse Flash. Nice. I've already done Jay Garrick. Reverse Flash is next. Um, but yeah, uh, again. Oh, of course. The other thing we have to mention is the thing that I called a couple weeks back mm-hmm. in that I had mentioned that I believed before this the end of the midseason finale or going into the midseason finale, we would see the return of Rip Hunter. Yes, and I kind of love what they did because it was it makes you question exactly is he of his right faculties or is he just kind of like, well, I have no way back and I need to make a living. And that's more where I think it's going to be. But as a director in Los Angeles in the 70s making schlocky sci-fi <laughs> movies based off of his life. Do we think do we think he is in his right mind or do we think that he's he doesn't remember who he is? I think he's in his right mind and I think he just doesn't have any way back. See, I I was a little different. I was actually thinking that he doesn't know who he is. However, this movie that he's directing is very obviously a play on him and traveling through time. I think he doesn't remember who he is, but he still has memories of things he's done. Like he, that, that, he, that very well could be the case. He has these images in his head, and that's why he's creating films about them. But he doesn't know where they come from. Like He doesn't know where these thoughts come from. And I think it's going to be up to the team to kind of jog his memory a little bit. And you know what? Either or, I, I, I want to see this version of him. <laughs> it's just fun. Oh yeah, I think it was really weird hearing him talk with an American accent for a second. I'm like, whoa, not used to that. But um, yeah, I think it's going to be fun to see play out. Because like I said, I, I know this wasn't the same caliber of the other two shows, Arrow or Flash, this week. But I think there was enough where it was so playful. It's so fun. It's been what Legends has been. We saw the Legion really kind of come together. We know what their plan is. We know Rip is a big focus point that they need to be able to do this. Um and seeing everybody come together, like, we saw a lot of character growth out of out of Amaya. Like, she's been kind of making larger and larger appearances with different members of the team. Um, and now we have this question of what's actually really going on with Mick and Snart. We have no idea yet. So it raised enough questions but proved to be a fun enough episode. And we got the first feel of how the Legion's really going to play out together. Um, and I think it, it's, it's hard not to give this a legend. It may not be for the same reasons we gave arrow and flash but it still makes me very excited for what's to come because they've proved so far this season that 
they know how to have a really fun time on set. Oh, yeah. And whether it's seeing everybody tearing apart the Wave Rider and the Reverse Lash ripping the sh- ship to shreds and, you know, playing mind games with each other. Because I love that not every one of these characters knows who each of these villains are. It's little, you know, pockets for each show uh, where they're coming from. And everybody has their own stake in it, but for very different reasons. And now that they know who the villains that they're dealing with, they can address that next episode, and I think it's going to be fun to see. Yeah, I do too. Uh, Well, we do know that Legends of Tomorrow is going to be returning on January 24th, so it's actually going to be the week before Arrow and Flash return. Um, And looking at the cast, it's, it's... The title of the episode is called Raiders of the Lost Ark, which already has my interest. And... But it looks like, other than... It looks like we're going to see a younger version of Rip... Uh, and it's also rumored that Paul Blackthorne, Mikad Brooks, who plays James Olsen in Supergirl, and Echo Kellum, uh, you know, Curtis from Arrow, are all rumored to be part of this episode. So it's going to be – I'm interesting because I'm interested to see where that's going to go now. Yeah, especially if Mikad Brooks is in there because we've never seen a Supergirl character aside from Supergirl ever, you know, be a part of it. Yeah. So I'm curious what's going to happen here. So kind of – I'm excited to see if that is the case, what's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, it's it's been a, a great week of midseason finales. So. Yeah, we came off of last week where everything was amazing. Well, mostly everything was amazing. Um, <laughs> I know, there's still that one thorn in our side that we still have to we, bring back up. Yeah. Um, and you know what? We're going to do that before we hit the news and our line of the week because I don't know if everybody listens to the very tail end of the show, but I want people to start talking because I think we've got Legends just about covered, right? Yeah, yeah. I think we're. I think we've got all three shows pretty much covered. All right. So before line of the week, we're going to bring this up again, and we're going to continue to bring this up for the next couple of weeks because there's another show joining the fray very soon, uh, but not on this show yet. Um so if you didn't listen to the very tail end of last week when we were after our little outro, uh, Gotham, people need to speak up. I know there was at least one or two people that brought it up uh, on the Facebook page that they said, hey, you know, they're enjoying watching. Uh, I think it was Paul um, who comments very frequently, uh, but he was the only one that seems invested right now that we've seen from any of you guys. Uh, as far as Gotham, everybody's kind of like, ah, I don't really watch it, but it's kind of nice that you guys are covering it so we can kind of keep keep up to speed with what's happening if we should be tuning back in should we not um but yeah we need you guys to let us know should gotham be a part of this show next season um which is just a quick yay or nay on on facebook just uh facebook.com slash dc primetime you don't have to go into your thoughts about the show just should it be part of next season or should it not that's all we need from you guys if you want you know afterwards write why you like it or start those conversations weekly going on about that show just to get interest maybe more people will check it out um but we can only give you guys so much about that stuff but right now powerless is starting in just a couple weeks so uh justice league action has already started uh young justice season three is probably in 2017 so you guys have to make sure you get that conversation going because uh right now i think me and ben are kind of uh, 50, I think fifty on Gotham. I think yeah. we're I think we're kind of to the point where if uh, if our listeners want us to continue talking about it, we'll continue to watch it. But if they don't, uh, we're not going to lose any sleep over dropping it from this show. Um, we do this podcast for two reasons: one, because we enjoy 
watching these shows ourselves and we enjoy talking about them. Um, so it, it's a great opportunity for, for Rob and I to talk about these shows with each other other than just hanging out and, or texting back and forth after the episode ends or whatever. But we, but the second reason obviously is, is for you guys is for the listeners. We do this because obviously you guys are fans of ours and we, we love that so much. So we, we keep doing this for you. We, we could very easily just do this in a phone conversation between ourselves and you know not involve anybody but we we love that you guys interact with us so we definitely want your opinion on whether or not Gotham should continue to be a part of it part of me i will admit part of me will feel bad if we do drop it not for the sake of the show but for the sake of adam and i on the showcast have become friends with drew powell who's from the show um so and i'll continue to be friends with drew even if we drop gotham from the show but I would almost feel bad, not for the show, but for Drew, because you know I'm 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 going to stop watching. Actually, I probably won't stop watching it. We just won't talk about it. Um, so in that case, I don't feel as bad anymore. So never mind. I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things. It's it's us right now. I think it's cramming it in to make sure we get it covered. Versus, hey, this might be more of a show that. I still like to watch, but that might be a binge watch, like, after the season's wrapped versus staying it with that show week to week. Um, I mean, and maybe that's I, something we can do with it, too, is that we don't necessarily drop it from the program, but we drop it from the week to week. And, right. you know, we just do a season recap of it, you know, as we continue to watch it during one of the off weeks or over the summer when these other shows are on break. Right. So it's an idea. It, it's the figuring out how to do this because I don't know about – you know, Ben personally, I'm really excited about Powerless. I am too. Starting up in February. I am too. Um, I mean, it's got two of my favorite, you know, TV actors on that show, which is Alan Tudyk and Danny Pudi. Um, so I'm really excited to see what they're going to do with that. And I love the concept. I know it's a complete rip off of damage control from Marvel. Um, like, okay. Actually to, to the T, but for me, I've always been a little bit more invested in DC characters over Marvel. So I love the idea. And again, Alan Tudyk as being an insurance boss, in a world where they're dealing with the fallout of superhero fights. Something kind of fun about that. Well, not only um, that, too, but it would be a big difference from ever things that we've talked about because we talk about these hour-long, you know, dramatic shows, and this would be a change of pace because we'd be sp- talking about a half-hour sitcom. Right. So so something very different. Yes. So, uh, it's one of those things that's exciting to see that they're going to do this show, and I just want to see how it plays off. Really do. Yeah, I do too. Uh, so, yes, absolutely. Facebook.com slash DC Primetime. Post on the page. Message us, uh, you know, privately on there. If you don't want your opinion privately known on the page, it's fine. Uh, but just let us know. What do you think? Um, what are your thoughts? Should we continue with Gotham on this program at the end, after this season? Because uh, we're already invested into this season now. So we're going to continue until the end. Um, but let us know. Let us know for sure what you what you guys would like out of this program because uh, we're open to anything really yeah totally so line of the week line of the week all right um as we mentioned both of our lines of the week this week came from legends of tomorrow uh so i'll just i'll start with mine because bo- i think both of ours have to do with mick yeah, they do <laughs> uh, um, which is no surprise but I know my line of the week is after Al Capone, not uh, not uh, Al Capone, after they rescue Elliot Ness from the water and the Gideon has him in the chair and they're repairing his brain damage. Uh, my line is Nate saying to Gideon, you can fix brain damage. Why haven't you helped Rory out? 
And Gideon's reply, who says I haven't? Yep. I just think that was <laughs> so brilliant because it's a fun ploy. And just the fact that Gideon responded, uh, I thought was great. So that was my line of the week. Yeah. Uh, Maya is kind of an interchange between Amaya and Mick, and it's, it's they're uh, doing the little Bonnie and Clyde moment, and it's uh, Amaya just looking at Mick. He's like, aren't you guys, uh, aren't you forgetting something, you know, Nate and Ray? And it's just he, him saying something along the lines. It's like, oh, those idiot sisters just keep getting in the way. And it just cuts <laughs> to the outside of the car, and Ray's like, uh, guys, we're standing right here. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. Uh, I know some of our listeners have posted what some of their what shows some of their favorite lines of the week came from. Uh, so we want to know what they are. Uh, post on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash DC Primetime. Let us know what your what show your line of the week came from, and let us know what the line was, because we would love to uh, – Love to know what they are as well because there's a lot. This, yeah, I mean, honestly, and just half of probably the Legends episode are all contenders. I mean, like, we got you know, Ray doing the Sean Connery impression of you know, during the fight on the Wave Rider, which was just wonderful, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I, I'm really curious to see what other people bought this week. So, we'll do news and recommendations, and we will get out of here, and we're almost right on time for you. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, So, we, uh, yeah, let's switch it up to DC Essentials, where we talk news and recommendations. So, Rob, I will turn it over to you for some of the DC news. Uh, News is very late this week, so we'll go right into TV. Uh, There's, I think I only have, like, one or two points of uh, news here. So, it's uh, Flash is introducing another Justice League member, and that being by uh, Gypsy, who is a member of Justice League and has been uh, time on Birds of Prey. And we know that Cisco is going to vibe her identity in an upcoming episode. So, very much looking forward to seeing uh, Cindy Reynolds joining the cast, whether it's just uh, popping in or out. But uh, if memory serves correctly, Gypsy actually did actually uh, enter the DC world actually the same time that Vibe did. Uh, or it was introduced in the same book. I think she her first appearance was Justice League of America. I, th- I think it was, um, yeah, Vibe, Gypsy, and I think Citizen Steel was also introduced in that uh, issue. Not Citizen Steel, but uh, the John Henry Irons Steel. Um, okay, all right. So... I knew it was some kind of some kind of steel. It was one of the steels, but I I think, uh, but yeah, it's kind of cool to see. But uh, she's another character created by uh, Jerry Conway and Chuck Patton, so it's kind of cool to see. Um, But yeah, so another character joining into the fray there, as we mentioned a few minutes ago too. We had talked about uh, Powerless, and NBC has officially given uh, the show its premiere date, which is going to be Thursday, February second, and it will be in the eight thirty p.m. Eastern time slot. So. uh, you know, do the math for you if you're not on the East Coast. So looking forward to seeing that play out. So that star, uh, show does star, I believe it's Vanessa. Uh, Vanessa Hudgens is in the lead role. Danny Pudi from uh, Community, Alan Tudyk, Christina Kirk, and Ron Fuchsness. Uh So, yeah, really looking forward fun, to seeing that play fun, out. Funches. Funches? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, new name for me, so not sure. And Ron Funches is awesome, by the way. Ah, cool. Um, but yeah, so we're going to dive over to the movie universe again real fast. And we've got a couple things going on. Um, I think the first one is something kind of a little bit of fun. Um, during the Batman versus Superman um, you know, production, there was a lot of playoff between Zack Snyder and the folks over at you know ILM, very specifically J.J. Abrams. And they were constantly kind of teasing each other with um, each other's properties where we saw, you know, Zack Snyder put C-3PO up in Gotham wearing, uh, you know, the cape overlooking uh, the bat signal. Uh, we saw the guys at ILM hiding the Batmobile inside the Millennium Falcon on the side of the wiring. 
And uh, Zack Snyder apparently actually went one step further and actually made a trailer that mashed up Batman versus Superman and Star Wars. And he actually did release that online. So if you do some hunting, I know a lot of the sources out there have already pulled it down online, but you should be able to find it on YouTube. So it's actually quite amusing, and it's well worth checking out. Um, now, speak, uh, speaking of uh, Zack Snyder, we've got a little bit of news about Justice League 2. While the first one is not out yet, we did find out that the second film is getting delayed for uh, the reasons of allowing them to have plenty of time for Affleck to finish uh, the Batman film, which it sounds like will be starting to film in 2017. So we don't know too much as far as the start of shooting, but it sounds like right now they're saying spring is the time frame they're looking at. So, uh, so it sounds like we'll see Justice League followed up by the Batman, followed up by Justice League 2, and somewhere in the mix based off of everything. We know we've got Aquaman coming uh, next year in October, and uh, I think Flash is now a in a holding pattern for 2018 as they're looking for their new director. So, uh, Heading over into uh, some a little bit of small screen stuff that's not really tied to anything, but last week we had Invasion, but the thing that kind of made us chuckle a little bit was... Uh, Sounded like there was going to be another crossover in the past, that with Smallville, but Smallville joining up with Supernatural uh, was something that CW was actually looking at for some time. So I thought it was kind of amusing that there was a, a lot of ideas kicking back and forth, and it's kind of curious to see what that tie-in uh, tie crossover would have been. So, And uh, let's see here. I think we only have one or two new... One, actually, one uh, final story this week, and that is Batman the Telltale series episode five release date has been announced and that's coming next week already so december 13th this coming tuesday uh the final episode which i believe is titled city of light which will close out the telltale series so looking forward to it yeah i am too for sure and that's it uh like i said it was a very light week uh on the note of batman telltale uh, I think that's uh, – have we agreed? I think that's what we're going to base next week's podcast on. Um, we're going to do a recap of all five episodes since uh, since it does release this week. Is that is that what the plan is, I think? Yeah, it, it comes out on Tuesday, so that's the only thing we really have to do is uh, finish that up. I think – I don't know if you played episode four. Um, I, ha- I have not, but I have okay. all week since everything is on break, so – Okay, um, so we can we'll, we can we can at least recap um, a little bit of the early parts and then do the full review of episode five. Maybe we'll do one of your shorter um, interviews in there. Too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we'll kind of do it. So it'll be a short episode next week because, um, like I said, we've already covered all of uh, Telltale so far. But we can kind of yeah recap. We'll go into the review of episode five, and then uh, yeah, a little uh, interview from Heroes and Villains and some news, and we'll get out of there. So yeah, sounds good to me, man. Sounds so, like plan. Uh let's make our recommendations and we can uh we can hit the road and let you guys enjoy the rest of your week. So Rob, we'll start it off with you. What's your uh what's your recommendation for the week? Mine is Batman number twelve that came out this past week, which is the start of the I Am Suicide Squad. Or well, I Am Suicide arc. Um if you have not had a chance to read this, even if you're not current with what's going on since rebirth, this issue was so phenomenally written. Um this was very much kind of felt like uh, the raid uh, where Batman's climbing through uh, this prison in Santa Prisca as he's trying to come down and find Bane for kind of a big showdown. But in the course of this, there's no dialogue with the exception of Bruce writing a letter 
and you're following this letter, and it kind of goes deep into the psyche of Bruce Wayne, uh, especially now at this point in time of his life, and it was fantastic. It was easily one of the best written books I've seen for Batman in a very long time, uh, which it says a lot because Batman has been phenomenal for the last couple of years. So if you haven't had a chance, definitely make sure you give a read to Batman number 12. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I was telling you before we started recording, I am so far behind on comic books now. I was doing It's okay, I am too. I was doing so good. I was reading everything Rebirth every week. Uh, and eventually like casually dropping things here and there, and I just have not read a damn thing in weeks. So yeah, I have a feeling that's some of the things I'm gonna be doing while shows are on break is I'll be trying to play catch up on my favorite books that I'm months behind already on. Yeah, that's I'm, I might be doing the same thing. Uh but my recommendation is this, and some people are gonna think it's a cop out, but since I don't have any comic book recommendations this week, um we these shows are on break. We are going into the holiday season. So my recommendation is, other than obviously spending time with your family and your loved ones, because that's a huge recommendation for anybody, um, go back and rewatch some of these shows. I, like I, I, Right before Flash started, I went back and I rewatched season one and two. Uh, and if you're not going to watch them for yourself, introduce somebody new to them. Um, you know, whether it's a young cousin or, you know, son or daughter, just... Um, you know, spread the word about these shows because we love these shows so much. And I know people who are not big comic book fans. They're not big, you know, like sp- superhero fans, but they still love, they still enjoy these shows because of the writing and the characters. So, yeah, I've um, got somebody right now that's going through Arrow for the first time and uh, they've watched all of the Marvel Netflix shows and they're kind of like, yeah, I started Arrow and, you know, it's okay, and they were very much in the early part of season one where I know a lot of people kind of you know, were shaking a little bit, like, eh, I don't know if this is for me. And then all of a sudden, like, they're like, hey, so what happens with this coming up? <laughs> exactly. Such and, such. And, like, and you know they're getting into it now, which is kind of fun. They get, uh, they get so sucked it, in. It's, yeah, they you really do get sucked into a lot of these shows. So, yeah, if you get a second, you know, throw an episode of Supergirl in for somebody or The Flash or Arrow or Legends and just have fun. Because, yeah, uh, just in, enjoy them and enjoy it with somebody else and, and get them involved and try and get them into these shows, too, because they just, you know, they're they're fun. It's just fun programming. I mean, we're g- growing up as comic book fans. Who ever thought we would ever see this stuff on television the way that we see it now? And, yeah, like uh, Invasion on TV. I mean, you know, it was awesome. Everything about it was so great. Yeah. So. So that's my recommendation. Spend some time with some loved ones and introduce them to these shows. And then when you do and they're into it, introduce them to our podcast. Ta-da. <laughs> exactly. Cheap plug for us. Yeah, I was going to say, so it's a good time for shameless plugs now before we close out the show. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but other than this podcast, obviously, you can check out all of the other podcasts on the Next Level Podcast Network, including uh, DC Primetime, which is or, which is us, uh, Primetime Fantasy Football, which is my co-host Adam's Fantasy Football Podcast, Con Talk, which is a podcast all about conventions, uh, The Melting Pat, which is a melting pot of a bunch of other things as well, Beach Pod, which is Adam's fi- uh, Health and Fitness Podcast, and of course the Showcast Spotlight, which is our interview podcast where we interview a bunch of people, including celebrities from the shows. Um, nextlevelradioonline.com and of course you can check us out we encourage you to post and comment DC, uh, facebook.com slash DC Primetime yep and for me as always you can, as Ben mentioned you can find me on the Next Level Podcast Network with Caffeine Group Cast of Pods I was, leaving, is- I was leaving that one to you that's yep. why I didn't mention uh, it 
so that's your monthly geek culture podcast. Uh, we had a lot of fun with uh, the November episode. We actually got very, you know, very deep on that one. So if you haven't listened to that yet, uh, I think that's episode 32. Yeah, thanks. I wasn't correctly. a part of that one. Hey, hey, hey. hey. <laughs> I know. You're, you're going to be you're going to be there soon. I know. I think you and Craig are going to be on the next next one probably. So um, but yeah, um, get, definitely get a chance to give that show a listen. It's a ton of fun to do. That usually posts at the very end of every month, so it allows us to kind of reflect back on the month that we just had. Uh, so yeah, and we do not get political, really. Uh, there's a quick mention of it, so if you're trying to avoid po- politics, that's a good place to do it. And uh, thankfully, I think there's only a 30-second moment where we're kind of like, ugh, and then move forward. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's a, it's a ton of fun to do. And uh, always a special uh, special thanks to George Shaw at georgeshawmusic.com. Uh, we thank him each and every week. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the new intro that we have last week. I think I, – I don't know about you, Ben. I kind of like it. I kind of want to stick with it. Oh, so. I'm sticking with it. I like it. Yeah, so it's – but that is also George Shaw, so – so he's still responsible for our intro and outro. It, it's a little, but, uh, sh- it's a little shorter than our old intro because I mean, we the old intro. There's still more intro playing as we're coming into the episode, uh, or as we're coming into the issue. But this one's a little different because it's a little shorter, and it pretty much plays out completely. And then we go into it, and I kind of like that. I and I like the piece of music, so I'm um, I'm gonna stick with it. Cool, awesome. Uh, but yeah. Uh... I guess we'll see you guys next week. Short show. Um, well, sh- yeah, definitely shorter. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, next week will definitely be a little shorter. We'll talk Batman Telltale. We will talk. Uh, we'll throw in an interview, one of my interviews from uh, Heroes and Villains in Atlanta. Uh, over the course of the next couple of weeks, we'll get some more of that, including audio from panels and things like that, which uh, was a lot of fun to do. So I hope you guys have as much fun listening to them as I did moderating those panels. Uh, but that's going to wrap it up for this issue of DC Primetime. Thank you so much for listening. Obviously, we love you guys for listening. Uh, but that's it. We'll see you guys around the bend. Take care. Yep. Peace. <laughs>